Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Andrea. And my name is Tamisa. And welcome to episode 10 of Hearing is Believing, a podcast where we discuss different topics that center around our Catholic faith. So like always, just wanted to remind everybody that we are not experts. We don't speak on behalf of the Catholic Church. We're just two sisters who enjoy talking about angels and demons and wanted to share these stories. So before we go into our stories, happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Woo! Happy Valentine's Day. Woo! Yeah, I am really excited that today's Valentine's Day. I know it's like, I know a lot of people think it's just, you know, a corny um, greeting card hallmark holiday but i actually really enjoy um valentine's day i think it's just fun and cute you know i enjoy valentine's day too um i know you are gonna be spending it with you know with your hubby you know it's great me i'm by my lonesome which is fine (laughs) because you know what it's a self-love day too. yeah self-care pamper yourself yes it's like a treat yourself day. Yes, it's a treat yourself day. Get out that wine. Get out mm-hmm. those glasses. Get yourself some chocolate. Buy yourself some flowers. Yeah. Now, you don't need someone to buy flowers for you. You can go and do that yourself. We're yeah. independent. Exactly. There's there's so much stuff that you can do to just like take care of yourself. And also, you know, take care of your all of your loved ones. Not just your significant others, but, you know, your mom's, dad's. Mm-hmm. godmothers uh friends you know it's just love just it's about spreading the love do you remember when we were little how mm-hmm. mom would get us on valentine's day she would get us these little hearts you know with these sort of oh, chocolates yeah. in there mm-hmm. and she would get us little teddy bears that say i love you on them do you remember that yeah i wonder if she'll do that this year <laughs> probably not but i like that did you drop something yeah, I literally just dropped my phone and I hit my mic. <laughs> I heard um, it. I was just trying to go over it, but I, yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, what was I saying? I lost my train of thought. Yeah, no, mom is probably not going to get us anything, honestly, because we're not really going anywhere. And eh, that's okay, too. Yeah. I'll make her a dinner. You know what? I'm going to take mom out for dinner. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah, there you go. And you guys can enjoy some nice Stella Rosa at home. That's like my mom's favorite wine. So I'm sure she'll oh, enjoy no. that. I'm not getting a Stella Rosa. I'm going to go and take her for some Greek food. Ooh. There's a restaurant that my mom really wants to try. So I'm going to mm-hmm. take her there. And that's yeah. what I'm going to do. That's what we're doing today. I'm taking my mom out for dinner. That sounds like a good plan. I like that because I, I know the restaurant you're talking about because I always see the billboard for it. Um, So let me know if it's good. I will. I'll let you know. Yeah. Okay. So we just talked about what mom would do for us. Do you remember what we used to do when we were little, like for our classmates and stuff? Because I know yeah. you said you love all the corny little stuff mm-hmm. about Valentine's Day. What do you remember about that? Oh, my goodness. Honestly, that's the part of Valentine's Day that I love and miss the most is like... I, like, I remember us having to, like, decorate those shoe boxes and have it at the front of yeah. our desk. And then, yeah. I don't know about your class, but my class, we would, I think we did it around, but right before lunchtime. Um, and we mm-hmm. would go around dropping off all of the little, like, Pokemon Valentine's Day card that had, like, a starburst in it to our desk, like, to all of the students. Yeah, I remember those. And here's the thing, like you had to give one to everybody because, you know, you got to be fair. You got to be inclusive. Everyone got, you know, a little something with a little card because, you know, you make, your mom would make sure that you had something for everybody because she had yeah. the list of, you know, for the attendance. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I remember like you would see different and you know, like you see these little kids where they had crushes on someone and that person oh, yeah. they had a crush on got a little something extra, you know, a little something something. Yeah, they got the extra piece of candy or they got like the like the real size snicker instead of the fun size snicker. You're like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> this kid is special right here. This guy pulled out all of his allowance oh, yeah. for that girl right there or that boy right there. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, man. That was oh. my favorite. And um, at my last job, and I thought this was, oh, my goodness, when my friend did this, like, my heart just grew three sizes too big. One of my friends at work last year, so I worked at an office job, very corporate, and Valentine's Day, she came around and she had she had those little cards for everybody. And she wrote a very special individual message for everybody on our team, had a little starburst in there and gave it to everybody. And she even like for her like closest friend, she like would write two notes and be like, this is how you know that you're special. And I was like, that's so nice. That's adorable. That's sweet. Even as adults, she could still do that. Yeah, I know. Like, I honestly had didn't even cross my mind. I was thinking, oh, yep, it's Valentine's Day. I'm going to work in corporate America. I'm gonna just wear a red shirt, and that's the the most I will do. And then she came, and just brought so much joy into our lives. So yeah. (sighs) Well, can't do that now. I mean, even if you're still at your job, can't do that now. (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't think people feel comfortable with you handing them food at this point in time but yeah all right so now finally getting off of our rant um what are we going to be talking about today to me well i am going to talk about saint valentine because obviously it is valentine's day so we have to you know bring it back to what's relevant right now so i'm very excited to talk about saint valentine and some of his really interesting stories and obviously the fun things that he's the patron of um but yeah, what are you going to talk about? Well, I got a little inspiration from last week when you were talking about The Exorcist mm-hmm. and how Roland Doe was messing with the Ouija board. Mm-hmm. So I am going to talk about the Ouija board today. Ooh, this is fun. I'm excited for it. I hope it's going to be fun for everyone. It's not going to be scary. I want to do more so the history of the Ouija board and what the Catholic Church says on the Ouija board. Mm-hmm. I don't want to focus on any scary stories that or, or possessions that were caused because of the Ouija board. I want to save that for later. Yeah. Right now, I just want to get a background on it. I want to have make sure everyone has the fundamentals. Yeah. We're going to take it step by step. So this is step one. Awesome. Well, I'm very excited to hear more about yours. But if you don't mind, I am way more excited to talk about our man Valentine. St. Valentine is a 3rd century Roman saint who is widely celebrated and associated with love, as I'm sure everybody is aware. But unfortunately, there actually isn't that much known about his life, so there isn't a whole lot of details for us to work with. But it is often, it is agreed pretty much everywhere that St. Valentine was a martyr, Mm -hmm. uh, and he was buried on the Via Flaminia, Uh, which is an ancient Roman road leading from over the Apennine Mountains to the Adriatic Sea. So he was in Italy. Yeah, he was in Rome, uh, where he was buried just north of Rome. Um, So that we can all agree upon. And actually, which I thought was so fascinating, is because there is so little known about him, 
the Roman Catholic Church actually removed St. Valentine from the general Roman calendar in 1968. But they do still recognize him as a saint. They just removed his feast day from the calendar. That seems like a slight. Yeah, I know. It kind of broke my heart when I saw that. I'm like, ah, how dare you? But I guess like, you know, there's not too much information about him and it just breaks my heart. But it's okay. The whole world still recognizes him in one way or another. Um, but yeah. Um, but again, because there, we don't have a lot of concrete information about him, I just wanted to share some of the most common stories that are agreed are related to St. Valentine. So here, here we go. So at one point in St. Valentine's life, um, he was under house arrest by Judge Asterius. And I wish I could tell you why he was under house arrest. I tried and tried to find it and I couldn't find the reason. Um, but during this time, he was just, he was talking a lot to the judge that placed him under house arrest and they were having this discussion about religion mm-hmm. and Valentine pledged the validity of Jesus saying Jesus existed, Jesus is the son of God and did all these miracles. Well, the judge was not convinced Mm -hmm. and ordered Valentine to put his faith to the test. So the judge brought in his blind daughter. So he brought the daughter to St. Valentine and ordered him to restore her sight and said that if he could do it, then the judge would do anything that Valentine asked. Oh, that's a that's a very uh, big promise there. Like that's yeah, that's a big task to like to to do. Be like, oh, this is your face. Well, then uh, heal my daughter. So, but I mean, clearly Saint Valentine was up for it because he placed his hands over her eyes mm-hmm. and restored her vision. Mm, okay. Yeah. So the judge was completely shocked and humbled by what he saw, and he went through on his promise as well and obeyed what St. Valentine told him to do, which was to destroy all the idols that the judge had in his home. He fasted for three days and was baptized along with everybody in his household, which was about 44 people. So really just changed his life. He's like, okay, I'm going to toss this old beliefs aside and I'm going to believe in the Christian faith. Um, and he also freed all of the Christian inmates that he had imprisoned. And, you know, this is still continues to be St. Valentine's mission because he, he even after, um, after what happened, the judge let him go. Um, St. Valentine continued to convert people to Christianity and was actually marrying uh, young, like, Christian people um, in secret which would actually lead mm-hmm. to him being arrested again. Hmm. So during this time, um, Emperor Claudius II, who was a Roman emperor from 268 to 270, Emperor Claudius uh, had this idea that single men made better soldiers compared to the men that had like a wife and family at home. So he decided to outlaw marriage for young men. Just completely forbade them to get married. Didn't want them to be distracted. Exactly. He wanted his soldiers. So he's like, well, I'm emperor. I can uh, (laughs) choose how you live your life. So no more marriage for you. 
Um, and St. Valentine, who at this time was actually the Bishop of Turney, um, saw how unfair and just unreasonable that law was. So he continued to perform marriage for young lovers in secret, completely disobeying the emperor. And when, you know, the emperor Claudius found out, he was furious. So they, they caught Valentine and brought him to Rome. Mm-hmm. So because he committed these two serious crimes of marrying Christian couples in secret and aiding Christians from being persecuted, he was brought to the emperor and I guess somehow they developed like a relationship, like a friendship or something where they would have conversations with each other. Um, and I guess they, that was fine until Valentine tried to convince Claudius of Christianity and trying to convert, trying to convert him. And that just made Claudius II so furious that he ordered um, Valentine to be put to death. And uh. he tried to kind of sway him and say, like, if you renounce your faith, I'll let you live. But if you don't, you will be beheaded. And obviously, St. Valentine refused to renounce his faith mm-hmm. and was executed on February the 14th of 269. Oh, man, that sucks. Yeah. Well, he played his hand a little too hard, I think, there. Yeah, I know. It's like, I don't think you're going to be able to convince the emperor who is persecuting Christians and also doesn't believe in love to, <laughs> to um, you know, convert to Christianity. But, you know, at least he never gave up on his faith. Yep, that is true. And here's one little last anecdote um, about that time when he was in the Roman prison. Apparently, during that time, St. Valentine sent his first Valentine greeting. Okay. I, I know, and I saw this too. I'm like, huh, okay, okay. Well, I guess while he was in prison, he fell in love with a young girl who visited him during his confinement. And according to this legend, um, before his death, he sent her a letter and he signed it from your Valentine. Oh my goodness. That is adorable. That is adorable. And I, I, I like the sentiment, but at the same time, I'm like, hmm. That seems a little too on the nose, but okay, we'll we'll play into this little romantic idea. I thought that was pretty sweet. Um, but yeah, so the romantic association with Valentine, St. Valentine and Valentine's Day is believed to have derived during the Middle Ages, mm-hmm. uh, since birds apparently pair up in mid-February. Um, so that has that imagery of um, St. Valentine's with birds and all of that. Um, and according to a few English antiquarians, um, such as Alvin Butler and Francis Deuce, they believe Valentine's Day was most likely created to overpower the pagan holiday called Lupercalia. Lupercalia? I, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Um, but I've that never is, heard of it. Yeah, I've never heard of it either, but apparently it's a Roman festival held in mid-February to celebrate the coming spring and includes fertility rites and get this uh it also includes pairing men and women by lottery well at least you get a partner (laughs) (laughs) yeah everybody gets partnered up by via lottery but yeah um so that's what they think that valentine's day was meant to kind of push that other pagan holiday like into the back burner 
Um, but yeah, so St. Valentine is the patron saint of romantic couples and happy marriages, love, young people. Um, but also, and I could not find the reason as to why he is also the patron saint of the following things, and trust me, I did a lot of digging. He is also the patron saint of beekeepers, epilepsy, fainting, travelers, and plague. Those make no sense, and they have, <laughs> from what I'm understanding, they have no correlation either with the stories. I tried so hard. I was like, maybe there is like a miracle he performed that involved epilepsy or bees, <laughs> and I couldn't find it. When you said bees, I was just thinking, birds and bees, okay, I can get ah, that. Maybe that's what it is. I did a lot of, I was trying to really figure out the epilepsy and the beekeepers, and um, all I could find was a lot of honey websites putting a little anecdote of being like, hey, did you know St. Valentine's Day, or St. Valentine is the patron saint of beekeepers, so buy our honey. And I was like, oh, okay, that's a good effort. Pay for effort for marketing. <laughs> marketing, you know? Marketing's got to do what it has to do. Um, but yeah, so that is what he's the patron saint of, and he's often represented with birds and roses. And that is the story of St. Valentine. So now that we've had our sweet story, give us our, our spicy story, Andrea. Tell us about the Ouija board. Oh, I don't know about spicy. I think it's scandalous. There's nothing spicier than scandal. Well, that is true. <laughs> Now, before I go into, like, the Ouija board is, Tamisa, can you give me a description? What is your understanding of the Ouija board? Yes. So, from what I understand, the Ouija board is a, a tool, quote-unquote, I guess. Uh, it has a board, a planchette. Yeah. So, a Ouija board is, as it says, it's a board. That mm -hmm. has the alphabet arrayed in two semicircles mm -hmm. above numbers zero through nine. Mm -hmm. And then you have on the top uppermost corners, yes and no. And then below on the bottom, underneath where the numbers are, you have goodbye. Mm -hmm. um, then with the board, you have the planchette. It's a teardrop or triangle shaped device. I don't know what else to call it, um, that you used as, you know, to maneuver its way around the board. And that's how you know what the spirit or whatever is communicating with you is trying mm -hmm. to say. Because it'll glide over the board to the letter and number to give it a meaning. Mm -hmm. So that Got is it. the Ouija board. Now, mm -hmm. let's talk a little history on there. The Ouija board came straight out of American 19th century enthusiasm with spiritualism. Now, mm -hmm. Tamisa, you know what spiritualism is. It's the belief that the dead can communicate with the living. Yeah. Big, right. big craze in America and in Europe in, like, what, the 1800s? Yes. So mm -hmm. it started, it already been around for a while in Europe. It's actually something that's been around the world since, like, the Chinese civilizations and the dynasties and this this had already been around for a while but it didn't really take hold until it was in europe and then it really hit america hard in 1848 mm -hmm. and this if you know anything about spiritualism it was prominent because of the fox sisters in yeah. new york 
and the Fox sisters claimed that they would get messages from spirits who would start um, tapping on the walls to answer any questions. The spirits that they would communicate with channeled through them and through the objects in the parlor mm-hmm. rooms that they would be in you know, across the state in New York. Mm-hmm. So spiritualism had grown in American culture, but you know how, as I was saying, that they would start rapping at the walls and that's how they would answer. A lot of people got frustrated with that. You know, it takes too long. They want quick. We're Americans. We want quick. We want instant gratification. You know what I mean? Yeah, give us the convenience. We want it now. Well, yeah. 1800 Americans were not that different than they are today. <laughs> They're desperate for you know, a, a new way to communicate with people. So in 1886, the Associated Press, you know, who was just coming out, they reported on this new spiritualist movement that was going on in Ohio and they're reporting on a talking board. Oh, jeez. So this board is pretty much essentially what we kind of have now, but there wasn't a lot of information on it. It wasn't widely available. Mm-hmm. When he heard about it, Charles Kennard of Baltimore, Maryland, acted on that report that came out in 1886 and that movement that was coming out in Ohio. He saw an opportunity. He took it. And he got together in 1890 with Elijah Bond and Colonel Washington Bowie to start the Kennard Novelty Company to exclusively make and market talking boards. Dang. That sounds... Okay, so the term talking board, like as Mm -hmm. soon as you said it, it gave me chills. Like I don't... I think that's probably... uh, I feel, to me, for some reason, it feels more ominous than Ouija for some reason, which I maybe, are you, are you going to explain where the name comes from? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to cool, talk cool. about where it comes from. Um, so they're the only ones who are going to make it. Anyway, they make this talking board, but they don't want to call it a talking board. They want to give it a name. Mm-hmm. Do you know what Ouija means or what have you heard about that? I don't know. I think it's French. Why is it French? I don't know. It's just, it's, it's weird spelling. And I'm like, oh, that looks French. I don't know. Okay. Common belief is Ouija is a combination of we, oui, which is French for yes, and ja, which is German for yes. So we, oui, ja, Ouija. Okay. Yes, yes. The yes, yes board. Yeah. That's what the common belief is. But guess what? That's not true. Oh, So Elijah Bond, one of the founders of the Ouija board, he had a sister-in-law. Her name was Helen Peters, and they claimed she was a medium, that she was uh, psychic, and she was wearing a locket when they were coming up with names. Inside the locket was a picture of an English novelist, Maria Louise Remy, Mm -hmm. whose pseudonym was Ouida. And Helen Mm. Peters was an admirer of Rame. And I think when she was trying to explain, this is what we should call it. It was just a misreading, mispronunciation of Ouija. And they made it Ouija. Oh, okay. Isn't that weird? So funny. That is like a, that's an interesting little tidbit that I, you wouldn't know unless you scoured the internet and try to find it. That's interesting how like those little, like, um... You misheard mm-hmm. it, and then it just sticks. Yep. 
moving on they had to get their board patented because you know they want to be the exclusive makers of it they need that right Mm -hmm. so this story is actually coming from the descendants of the founders from elijah bond and uh charles Kennard. so Mm -hmm. when they went to go get their board approved they had to to get it patented they had to prove that it worked otherwise they weren't going to get their patent oh so elijah bond knowing how essential they needed this he took his sister-in-law helen peters the psychic Mm -hmm. he took her with him to the patent office in washington when he went to go file the application for the patent and there the chief patent officer demanded a demonstration if the board could accurately spell out his name which was supposed to be unknown to elijah bond and his sister-in-law Then he would allow the patent application to proceed and they would get their patent. They sit down at the board. Everyone has their fingers on the planchette. And as they ask what the patent officer's name is, the planchette starts moving across the board and spells out his last name. And so on February 10th, 1891, the patent officer, all shaken, awarded the patent for the new talking board. Dang. Oh, that's creepy. And you said that happened on February the 10th. So that was really recent. The anniversary of it was really recent. Oh, oh wow. You're right. That's 130 years old. I just did the math. <laughs> yeah. It's, you it's said been 1891. Around for a long time. Yeah. 1891. Right? Yeah. 130 years old. Oh, my gosh. Do you believe that story, though? No. You know what happened? If If that happened, like, I'm guessing one of those sneaky sneaks being like, we're not going to mess this up, they did their background. Like, I feel like s- sneaky entrepreneurs know how to find out some sneaky information. Elijah Bond was a lawyer. Mm-hmm. He was going to know what the name was of the patent officer. Yeah. Let's be honest. He was going to know. Yeah. It might have been more tricky if it was one of those, like, bank security questions of, like, what's the name of your first dog? <laughs> like, <laughs> that, that should have been the question, not what my name is. <laughs> two-step authentication <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh wow that that it should have been that that would have been a lot more uh <laughs> that would that have been, been a, a real way. demonstration yeah for sure true that would have been a real demonstration <laughs> yeah so no uh when so they got their patent and the patent didn't offer any explanations as to how the device mm-hmm. worked only that it it worked and so yeah this mysteriousness of this board was really good for marketing and mm-hmm. you know charles Kennard and elisha bond you know they're shrewd businessmen they're gonna make sure they're gonna use that to their advantage yeah. and they they did because in february the same february of 1891 you got the first advertisements for the ouija board and it was first advertised in Pittsburgh. Um, I'm sorry, in Pittsburgh, uh, at a toy and novelty shop, and they called it Ouija, the Wonderful Talking Board. Oh, jeez, that just uh, gives me chills. Oh, jeez. Okay. Yeah, and uh, real quick, they described it as a magical device that answered questions about the past, present, and future with marvelous accuracy, and promised. Never failing amusement and recreation for all the classes. Mm-hmm. And you want to know how much they sold it for? Hold on, let me guess. Um, ten cents. No, a little more. Two dollars. 
Close. Dollar fifty. Dollar fifty. Okay. I was trying to keep in in, in mind that like inflation difference and blah blah blah. So <laughs> I feel like everything back in those days was just like ten cents. So that was my go-to number. I mean, you can get a lot for ten cents back in the day. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, you did the math. It's been what one hundred thirty years. Yeah. Since it first started selling, it has not stopped being a, a really big seller because late. 19th century early 20th century people were craving that knowledge of reaching out to their no their loved ones or their dead loved ones Mm -hmm. because you gotta remember the ouija board and anything that was related to spiritualism was always big right after wars so Mm -hmm. it was big uh, spiritualism was big in 1800s right after the civil war a the ouija board itself got big um right after world war one and world war two you know with so many lives lost and grief people would reach out like they needed closure yeah exactly it's to be expected for sure when i think people are in such a vulnerable situation in life it's it's like mm-hmm. our natural instinct is to like find answers. So yeah. if there is something marketing itself as like, hey, we will give you answers. This is something that can tell you the unknown. You're like, oh, let me get that. You're going to flock to it. Yeah. And that's a big no-no in the Catholic Church. You're not supposed to do that. But we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, but here's the thing. So it's not just for grief anymore. Because, you know, people are going to use this board for other nefarious things you know, other like i want to know other stuff too yeah the ouija board makes a lot of appearances in american newspapers and american culture mm-hmm. since it's been out in the 1920s to the frustration of a lot of police officers the national wire services reported that a lot of people who are trying to help the police and try to solve crimes were turning to the ouija boards and then they would you know get their divinations and then reach out to police and a lot of these were not accurate not true and just made things a lot harder when they're trying to solve murders yeah and then in 1921 i think this one is funny the new york times reported that a chicago woman was sent to a psychiatric hospital because she tried to explain to the doctors that she wasn't suffering from mania but rather the ouija spirits had told her to leave her mother's dead body in the living room for 15 days before burying her in the backyard. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Dang, okay. <laughs> That's an interesting one. And then in 1930, a newspaper reported the account of two women in Buffalo, New York, who murdered another woman, supposedly on the encouragement of the Ouija board. Oh my goodness. See, the thing is, with, with these stories, like, like I... Like, did they actually feel conflicted? Be like, hmm, my mother's laying here. What do I do? Let me ask the board. Or like, hmm, that lady looks prettier than me. Let me consult the board. It's just, um, I feel like those are decisions. Those are decisions you can make on your own. Like, maybe don't ask anybody, like, should I kill somebody? (laughs) Yeah, no. Um... But yeah, I mean, it's going to be, people are going to use what they can if they can blame it on something else. Like, oh, I didn't do it. I was told to do it. Or the devil made me do it. You know, there's those stories where people plead Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm not guilty. It's because I was told to do it. Like, yeah, they're going to, they're going to take that. Yeah. Um, Pass the blame. Yeah, pass the blame. Exactly. Thank you. I couldn't think of the word. Thank you. 
so like I said, Ouija board has been around in American newspapers and the same with the culture. Like it would show up in, you know, different shows. It They appeared in, in an I Love Lucy episode where she has a Ouija board and she's, you know, she's trying to divine you know, the future. Mm-hmm. And then it came out in 1973 and it was mentioned mm-hmm. in The Exorcist. And overnight, mm-hmm. the Ouija board was no longer something fun, but rather became a tool for the devil and became a tool of horror writers and movie makers. Mm-hmm. So it gets used a lot as props and, you know, scary movies. And it makes a lot of appearances in American culture now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So back in the day, the Ouija board was sold mostly for spiritualism. But as culture has changed, as people have changed, now the Ouija mm-hmm. board is something spooky and it's something that has that yeah. tinge of danger and you know it's a thrill toy for a lot of people yeah the mindset that people have going to it is way different now than it was in the 1800s or even like mid 1900s for sure yep definitely so that's the the history of the ouija board and how we've gotten to it today uh, real quick before we go into what the Catholic Church talk says about the Ouija board, uh, what Sumisa so far is your opinion on the Ouija board? I think that, like you said, it was started by these people who saw an opening in the market and took advantage of it. But I think, in my opinion, mm-hmm. the energy, the intention, the um, desperation that people put in while using the Ouija Mm -hmm. board and what they're trying to get out of it Mm -hmm. is what opens it up to the devil and demons and malevolent spirits um, to use that as an avenue to do bad things and to have a bad influence. So exactly that's 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 a really great way to put it to me so I really that's a really good way. Um, So there's one thing I want to point out when it comes to the the Ouija board. When you're playing, when you're using it, I don't really want to say the word playing. When you're, yeah, when you're using the Ouija board, your fingers are are on that planchette. Your Mm -hmm. energy, because we are are made up of of energy, is running through Mm -hmm. your fingers into that planchette. And when you're using it, you're... Like you said, you're opening yourself up to the other side, to anything that's out there. And mm-hmm. you are inviting them to channel you, your 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 body, your energy mm-hmm. to Move communicate. Hands, yeah. So you are allowing them to channel through you and they can attach themselves. You don't know what you're channeling. You don't know what you're communicating with. Yeah. So um, now that we kind of talked about what we know about Ouija boards, um, I just want to run over real quick what the Catholic Church says on Ouija boards. The Catholic Church considers Ouija boards, tarot cards, you know, visiting psychics, uh, astrology. These are all forms of divination and divination for the Catholic Church is trying to know the future, you know, future events, hidden things, hidden meanings by means of communication with occult forces and occult forces is the devil. Mm-hmm. So, Basically, for the Catholic Church, this is sinful, it's it's dangerous, because you're trying to access the unknown. 
you're refusing to put trust in in God and putting trust in you know having faith in what is meant to happen instead you're placing your trust and your faith in demonic spirit to tell you what's going on mm-hmm. so in paragraph 2116 of the catechism of the catholic church it discusses on quote all forms of divination are to be rejected recourse to satan or demons conjuring up the dead or other practices falsely supposed to quote unveil the future consulting horoscopes Mm -hmm. astrology palm reading interpretation of omens and lots the phenomena of clairvoyance and recourse to mediums all conceal a desire for power over time, history, and in the last analysis, other human beings, as well as a wish to conciliate, conciliate hidden powers. They contradict the honor, respect, and loving fear that we owe to God alone. Off quote. Mm-hmm. So basically, in other words, it's saying divination draws people away from God and leads people to the devil and to evil forces Mm -hmm. there's even in deuteronomy chapter 18 verses 12 through i'm sorry verses 10 through 12 it states let no one be found among you who sacrifices his son or daughter in the fire who practices divination or sorcery interprets omens and dangers i'm sorry engages in witchcraft or casts spells or who was a medium or spiritist of who consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. It's scripture that it's mm-hmm. against the Catholic Church. Even exorcists in the Catholic Church speak very strongly against divination and specifically the Ouija board. Now, mm-hmm. it's marketed to be something fun. That it, It's not fun. It's irrelevant to fun. I actually read in a couple of different places where priests and exorcists described the Ouija board as a loaded spiritual gun. And we mm-hmm. should destroy any of these things that are in our homes. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of destroying things that are in our homes, did you know mom had a Ouija board? Yeah. Oh, oh yes. I do remember that. Okay, good. I'm so glad you brought that up because honestly, I had totally forgot about that. But I remember as a kid, I would always tell my friends that story about how mom like had a hard time getting rid of yeah. it so um here's the thing about the ouija board once you have one you can't get rid of it so mm-hmm. our our mom and our aunt had a ouija board i don't know how they got it but they ended up getting one and i don't know what happened but i guess they were just too chicken to, to play with it and i don't blame them because i wouldn't do it anyways but they went to they're on their way to school and they go by the trash can and they dump it in the trash can they they're like we don't want it Mm -hmm. anymore and they come back from school and guess where the ouija board was on their bed yes on their bed they're like we just thrown it out it's here why Mm -hmm. is it here so do you know how they got rid of it did they give it away they gave it away that's the way how you get rid of it you have to give it away yeah it passed that juju on to someone else no get it out of your house but yeah you can't you can't uh, get rid of it and you're not supposed to burn it either oh yeah i, I know that one for sure you're not supposed to not supposed to burn do you it. know why you're not supposed to burn it it releases any of the demons or evil that has been using the board mm-hmm. yeah 
I know we're going to sound really superstitious when it comes to a lot of this stuff, but you know what? We, we truly believe that that's what it does because when you're using the board, you have to believe that you can channel and you can talk to another spirit. So why in the world Mm -hmm. can you not believe that it also can communicate with evil and that evil can use it too Mm -hmm. and not just your past loved ones? Like you have to believe in it. It's a door. When you open a door, you're not the only one who can walk through it, you know? Like exactly. Once that door can be open, anybody can open it any which way. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I I, I just want to end it off with something a little bit more recent. In December of 2019, Pope Francis, our, our current pope for the Catholic Church, addressed a crowd uh, during his one of his uh, regular Wednesday audiences there at the Vatican, which I have been to, which is awesome. But not for Pope Francis. It was for Pope Benedict XVI. I was there for Pro- Pope Francis. He was speaking in Spanish. So that was pretty neat. Yeah, that's pretty good. Every Wednesday, he does an audience. They do like a, like a, a mass early in the morning, and it's really nice. Um, and then they kind of go through the Pope Mobile, like through the crowds later. Um, but mm-hmm. during December in 2019, the quote that I got is he departed from his prepared statements on the Acts of the Apostles to give a stern reminder to all Christians, not just Catholics. He said, True faith means abandoning oneself to God who makes himself known, not through occult practices, but through revelation. And with gratuitous love. He said, how is it possible if you believe in Jesus Christ, you go to a sorcerer or a fortune teller? Magic is not Christian. These things that are done Mm -hmm. to predict the future or predict many things or change situations in life are not Christian. The grace of God can bring you everything. Pray and trust in the Lord. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, yeah, that is the Ouija board and what the Catholic Church says on the Ouija board. Well, thanks, Andrew, for sharing. That was really, really interesting. I I didn't realize it was so relatively new. I guess in my mind, I always thought it was uh, way more ancient than 130 years. But it's crazy how much power it can have after just 130 years. It, yeah, it's ridiculous because here's the thing, like... Um, the occult is becoming bigger and bigger. Like, you're getting all these different, you know, people are playing with Ouija boards, and then people are playing these occult, like, internet, you know, games. You know, you're inviting things in. That's what you're doing mm-hmm. with this board. You're inviting something in that you don't know what it is, and you might not ever be able to get it out again. Mm-hmm. Like bed bugs. it's like bed bugs you know once you get it you can't get rid of it yeah or cockroaches exactly and if you see one that's only because it was the weakest one you know what else you you can't get rid of once you got it what love because it's valentine's day (laughs) (laughs) trying to lift up the spirits so don't mess with ouija boards but we love you yep exactly well, thank you again, Andrew, for um, sharing that story. It was really great. And thank you to everybody for tuning in. Uh, please don't forget to check out our social media pages. You can see us on Facebook and on Twitter at HIB Podcast. Additionally, if you listen to us on Apple Podcast, 
hey, don't forget to you know give us a five star rating, leave us a review that will really help us out. And if you have any stories that you would like to share with us, and if you want us to read them on air, send them to hearingisbelievingpodcast at gmail.com. Yes. Thank you guys again. We will talk to you next week. Bye, Bye. everyone.